You're listening to the Reynolds Hotbox. 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 The Reynolds Hotbox. Welcome to the Reynolds Hotbox, a podcast for students at UNR by students at the Reynolds School of Journalism. I'm one of your hosts, Chloe Cross. I'm Jordan Buxton. I'm Christopher Darche. And today we are going to be talking about micromobility. <laughs> in the city of Reno. Yeah, specifically in Reno. So uh, micromobility has been growing in Reno uh, recently. We, we just got new bike lanes. We have bird scooters again. And hopefully more people will be riding bikes. I hope so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And a lot of people are trying to find cheaper and more environmentally friendly alternatives to uh, taking buses, uh, taking their cars places. Um, but I've been seeing a lot of issues in the city of Reno, specifically in like downtown Reno, um, with the new micromobility pilot project that the city has kind of put a lot of money into. Yeah, so... You know, like you mentioned, a lot of people are looking for ways to cut cost. I mean, a gallon of gas is almost $6 still. And saving those those dollars is, is important to people. And so they're, they're opting to, like, ride their bicycle instead. And I like to commute by bike frequently. Um, I, and I was hoping for this new bike infrastructure. I was excited when the city council announced they mm-hmm. were going to do it. Um, but unfortunately, it's, it's mostly unusable. I rode mm-hmm. down the new bike path on Virginia Street this morning. And it added 15 minutes to my commute time hmm. compared to my normal bike route, which takes me 12 minutes. So what was different about it this morning? Well, it's out of the way. That's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think putting a bike lane down Virginia Street would be convenient, but Virginia Street doesn't really connect anything in Reno anymore. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe in 1955 it did, but but not now. Right. So I actually ride my bike a lot from Sparks, and uh, it's very inconvenient because there's no bike lanes in Sparks um, the one good thing is they do have bike uh, racks on the buses, so um, that's what I use. I take the bus uh, with my bike, but yeah, I think that you know the city should do more. You know, bringing up buses, I think, is an interesting point because micromobility exists outside of things with just two wheels. Um, but more importantly, the original plan for the bike path was to put it down Center Street, which runs alongside the bus. Uh, well, runs very close, at least closer to the bus station and orig- and I think that's the biggest inconvenience with with uh, the bike path on Virginia Street is the frequency of stops yeah, um, yeah. there are so many lights I had to stop I, and I'm on a bike it takes me a while to get from light to light especially compared to a car so I hit every single red mm-hmm. uh, my normal route runs down Center Street anyways it doesn't have a bike it doesn't have a bike lane but I take it because it's quick it leads straight to the university and I don't have to I don't have to stop as often. Yeah. And it just it just makes more sense to ride along. Right. Yeah. So do you know why they would have changed it? I think, in my opinion, uh, it could be, you know, for the casinos um, and more tourism. Yeah. And that street's very, like, pedestrian heavy if you've ever driven down it. And there's a lot of – that's why there are so many stoplights. But I feel like for micromobility reasons, like, keeping it on one of the more side streets, like Center Street, would have been more beneficial because – not only is it easier for bikers or people riding bird scooters or people walking, but um, it's easier for drivers because you don't have to worry about, like, not seeing someone. It's a less driven street because there's so many pedestrians, there are so many stops, and it cuts through, like, the busiest part of downtown. And so mm-hmm. I understand why they would want to put it there because 
in all reality, there is more vehicle traffic on like Sierra and on Center Street. More people drive that way. I'm not going to drive down Virginia Street unless I absolutely have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that same philosophy transfers over to riding down Virginia Street. There are a lot of stops. There's a lot of people. Um, and I think that if they were to adapt Virginia Street to be a little more bike friendly in its flow of traffic and maybe remove some lights or, or up the light times, it could be it could be better. Um, it's just kind of slow. So do you, I want to ask you guys, do you think that micromobility does have a place here in Reno? I don't think so. I mean, because Reno is just so small um, and there's not really a lot of places to expand because we're pretty much surrounded by mountains. So unless, you know, we topple down the mountains, then, I mean, I don't really think we we really need micromobility. We have the bus system here. Um, so that's my opinion. I would disagree with that. I think that there is a, a real place for micromobility in Reno. I think that it's the it's small enough that you can get everywhere on a bicycle. I think that it's flat enough that it's not that inconvenient to ride a bicycle places. I agree with you, Jordan. Um, the issue is, like, in the West, like, this isn't New York. This isn't, like, a big city. So our public transit sucks a lot. And so I think that micromobility does have a place in especially the more, like, um, metropolitan areas, I guess you could call it. Um, I think a big argument I have in favor of micromobility is how accessible Reno kind of already is. It's not safe. And that's that's the primary reason we mm-hmm. want protected bike lanes and we, we don't want sharrows and, and we want more bike and bike and scooter and, you know, micro vehicle infrastructure is so that we're safe while we're riding. But, you know, Reno is already a town that you can ride a bike in. You can ride a scooter across and that's why people do it. The problem is, is how we're going about it now makes it inconvenient for drivers to see a bike on the road, which leads to frustrations and then safety problems for both the cyclist and for the rider or the driver. And uh, I think that if we were to implement even just a base level of infrastructure, maybe not on the level of, you know, San Francisco or, or New York City. We don't need that. I mean, we're Reno. No, yeah. But just anything more than what we have now, which is no line, no, no bike lanes on several roads, unpainted lanes, um, unprotected lanes. If we just put those on a few key places, I think that Reno could be could be where it will always need to be. You yeah. Know? It won't need right. more. It'll be at the level it needs. Mm-hmm. I agree. Me too. Yeah. We'll be right back, but first, a message from our sponsor. Welcome. Hello. We are the Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Podcasts. Client services. Special projects. Documentaries. We are a production center at, at the, the Reynolds, Reynolds School, School of, of Journalism. Journalism. The Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Media Lab. This is Chloe Cross, Jordan Buxton, and Chris Darchet, and we're here talking about bicycle infrastructure in Reno. So what does the future of micromobility look in your guys' eyes? So I think that a ton of people are getting ready, uh, or, or are currently working on adjusting to micromobility. Uh, most importantly for cost, of course, we mentioned that before. Um, but e-bikes, e-scooters, and e-skateboards, their sales have like boomed in the last five years. There are people who are preparing to yeah. find a solution that is is not just cost-friendly to them, but is client, uh, climate-friendly. And cycling is, is kind of the way to go about that for them. And Reno is kind of like an outdoorsy town. Um, we like nature, we like the environment here. Um, most people, many of their hobbies involve the outdoors. Yeah. And even like Outside Magazine ranked us one of the 
25 best places to live in the United States because of the cycling community here, not because of the cycling infrastructure. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think we need to, um, you know, purchase more e-bikes, maybe, um, you know, like how we have the bird scooters, we could get like the e-bikes, uh, like they had those line bikes. Um, we could do something like that, just kind of monitor them better and make sure, you know, people aren't fooling around with them or throwing them in the river, <laughs> <laughs> putting them on the roof. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I am, it's hard pressed to find someone in Reno who doesn't already own a bicycle. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we have them here. People just don't ride them on the streets because it's unsafe and it's inconvenient at the moment. And instead of investing our time and energy into attracting these, you know, these tech bike share companies like the Bird Scooter or Lime Bike, we need to emphasize the creation of infrastructure that enables people who already own a bicycle to go out and ride yeah. a bike. Yeah, because we, we already have, like you said, people who ride their bikes or who would like to ride their bikes. Um, and just throwing some bird scooters on top of that and being like, well, we made like a couple blocks safe for you. Go have fun. Isn't going to help. Like we really should have invested the money going into the scooter sharing program into like more infrastructure, like you said. And another thing I think is really important is that like we should really start with education and understanding like how to interact with a biker on the road, how to understand like hand signals from someone who's on a bike because we don't have the infrastructure and, like, a lot of people aren't used to uh, dealing with people on bikes or any form of micromobility. We see a lot of accidents. Well, actually, last week there was a woman who hit um, somebody on a bicycle, and uh, I think the kid is in fatal condition. So mm-hmm. I remember that. Maybe yeah. if, um, you know, there's kind of like a class, like, uh, you know how you have, like, a driving class or you're taking a, mo- a motorcycle class, Maybe if part of, like, getting your license is you have to take a class about how to interact with bikers. I can't remember if there's, a like, a bicycle awareness component Me on either. the drivers in driver's ed. I can't remember no, if there was. I don't, I don't think there is. There, there might have been, like, a footnote or, like, a paragraph yeah. where it's like, bikes also <laughs> exist. This is how you turn. But I, I will admit, I, I did see a PSA recently that um, I think the, the Nor- Northern Nevada Bicycle Alliance or whatever put out um, – uh, talking about the growth of bicycles and how to interact safely with bikes. Um, and I appreciated that they emphasized the part on the uh, um, safety and the part it plays as a cyclist, right? I think that a lot of us kind of, you know, we like running red lights and forgetting hand signs. Yep. And we need to interact with cars the same way that they interact with us so mm-hmm. that we can encourage a safe and good experience, good commuting experience for everyone. At the same time, I... We need, we need, we need some sort of protected lane. Yeah, one hundred percent. Right. It, it feels a little bit. I don't know if you guys will agree with me with this, but it feels a little bit performative of the city of Reno to be like, "Oh, here's such a convenient bike lane for you down Virginia Street, and it's a couple blocks, and there you go. Like, go have fun." It it feels like they're trying to pretend like they're fixing a problem when they're not <laughs> inherently like fixing the problem. You know, I, I wonder if, um, just kind of on that thread, I would agree that it's somewhat performative, but I wonder if they're following, like, the political trend yeah. of, of bike infrastructure growth across the United States, mm-hmm. right? There, it's been happening in, in tons of smaller cities. They're, they're yeah. upping their bike infrastructure, and, and when it comes to, like, city class size, they're basically what Reno is. And I, I also wonder if they're kind of following suit because it's what people would like. 
um, but -hmm. they're not necessarily researching where it should go, why it should go there. Everyone in in northern Nevada, bike shops, community alliances, even the University of Nevada, right, wanted this bike path to go down Center Street Mm -hmm. because it just made more sense and the council wanted it to go down Virginia Street. So that's where it went. Hmm. We need to, uh, you know, get new elected officials. <laughs> Let's not get into that, but two of them aren't Hit elected now, so <laughs> yeah, go out and vote. <laughs> if you want, if you want to, if you want the bike lane to change, you need to vote. <laughs> yeah, right. Hashtag Nevada vote. Well, and they also another thing that was kind of mentioned when we were talking about this before we started recording was that, like, they do a lot of like go fill out our survey. Please, we want to hear your feedback. Please fill out our survey. We're begging you. And then, like, what actually comes of that? Yeah. Right. Like, have Do either they... of you filled out the survey? No. Do they even look at it? I, I mean... filled out the survey twice. <laughs> I looked at it. I didn't fill it out because I don't feel like I have... I haven't used the new bike lanes or anything because they're inconvenient for me. But I'm kind of just wondering, is that also performative of, like, oh, you have a say in this? But regardless of what you say, we're going to do whatever we want. And I understand that, like, there's this assumption that as a cyclist, I don't get to determine what happens to roads because I don't pay, like, the road tax or whatever. Yeah, the gas tax or something. But I own a car also. Yeah. Reno is – Reno, unfortunately, is not, an old, like, an, an only bikeable city. Right. Right. If I could ride a bike everywhere, that would be cool. But I can't. Right. I, I just can't. Um, there are places that are either too far or too inconvenient. And so I drive my car, and I do pay a gas tax, and mm-hmm. I would appreciate it if uh, my gas tax was reflected in where I wanted that bike lane. 80% of people that commute by bike in northern Nevada also drive a car, Yeah. like, right. weekly, at least weekly. Yeah. They also pay the gas tax, so... Yeah, um, and regardless of, like, whether or not you use your car more than you use your bike or not, you are still using the road, and you still live here, and you deserve to have, like, a safe... Right. Easy experience on the roads. And we do, like, no damage to the roads either. Yeah. Like, yeah. The amount of money, tax dollars spent on repairing the deterioration of roads because of cars, because there are these thousands of pounds machines that, yeah. right. that wear them away is insane. But my bike and me does not weigh <laughs> thousands of pounds. No. I hope you know, not. Despite what people might think when I ride by them, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I just... Right. I think things are all right. I think that we have a we have a possibility to do something good, and hopefully, the city council sees that despite this pilot program kind of being where we don't want it to be, it'll end up being something good. Yeah, right. It maybe. is a step in the right direction. Right, a change will come. Yeah. Well, I think that about sums up everything we wanted to say. Um, I've had a pretty great time. How was your guys' first times in the Reynolds hot box? It was hot and it was boxy. <laughs> it was great. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Yeah, this has been Jordan Buxton. This has been Chris Darche. And this is Chloe Crops, and we are the Reynolds Hotbox. Thanks for tuning in. Follow the Reynolds Hotbox on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>